Good morning, everyone. The Gospels love reversals. And in particular, the Gospel of Luke is filled with very notable reversals right from the first chapter. In the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, we have the story of Zechariah and Mary, who are paralleled with each other. But in fact, there's a complete reversal that takes place because Mary, who is lowly, who is a young woman, is placed in, first of all, the same story as Zechariah, who is an elder and who is a priest. So that in itself would have been special. But towards the end of the story, we see a complete reversal. Not only are they placed in the same story, but Mary ends up speaking, my soul magnifies the Lord, and showing her faith, whereas Zechariah is silenced for his lack of faith. A very significant reversal that starts off the Gospel of Luke. And this pattern continues throughout the Gospel of Luke. We heard last week how the, the story of the ruler of the synagogue was interrupted for an anonymous woman who approached Jesus, touched him, and was instantaneously cured, whereas the ruler of the synagogue's son was not cured right away. This is another reversal. And God bless uh, St. Luke who provides us so many reversals in order to not only read these gospel stories quickly and, and uh, um, like quickly and without looking at the details, but he reminds us to stop and reflect on what is actually taking place. In today's gospel, we have several reversals actually taking place. Several reversals of expectations and of actions. At the heart of these reversals is a very simple question. What will happen to me if I stop? What will happen to me if I stop? And although both, although all three ask the same question, two looked at this question from one angle, but the third looked at it from a radically different angle and came up with a different uh, conclusion. Let's look in detail at some of these reversals in Luke chapter 10. And when you go home, sit down with this, with this passage and get used to reading the Bible very slowly. Not just to know what happened. Okay, we know the story of the Good Samaritan and we know what, what, what took place. But look for these reversals and most, most, more importantly, look for how these reversals are outstanding lessons of reversals that we need to apply in our life. There are actually three sections in this gospel today. The first is a dialogue between the lawyer and Jesus. The lawyer approaches Jesus and he acknowledges him as a teacher. Therefore, he's acknowledging him to be an important figure who has taught many people well. But in a sense, the lawyer is also a teacher. Teacher of what? A teacher of the law. What is Jesus a teacher of? Jesus is a teacher of mercy. Not that the law does not show mercy, but the law in itself is not sufficient. The law needs to have an element of mercy because as Jesus said, man was made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was not made. The Sabbath was made for man, not the man for the Sabbath. So Jesus reverses things. The lawyer, who is recognized, acknowledged, perhaps wealthy, intelligent, educated, 
humbles himself at the feet of Jesus to ask him a simple question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? If he read the laws of society, those laws would not have answered that question. However, he was also a, a lawyer who understood the laws of the Old Testament. But Jesus says to him, what is written in the law? The, the law of Moses, that is. He refers him to the law of Moses, not to what uh, he was well known as. And the, man, and the lawyer asks him, love the Lord. L the lawyer answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So, the lawyer gets 10 out of 10, or 100% in the answer of whether he understood the heart of the law of Moses. Actually, quite a significant body of works, and the lawyer was able to pinpoint the exact um, answer that, in a sense, a judge would ask him if he were to appear before the judge. But here he appears before the almighty judge and the outstanding teacher that Jesus is. Jesus says, good, do this and you will live. Now, if the lawyer was smart, he would have walked away because he just, he, he got what he wanted. But the lawyer pushes it a step further. And St. Luke says to justify himself, he said, who is my neighbor? And this is where Jesus um, gives a parable. Parables are stories that Jesus composed or, or taught with in order to show a very important lesson. And another very important lesson of this parable that Jesus taught was reversals of how the expectations that people had of each other and of society and of religious people were completely reversed. So Jesus tells a story of a man who was going to, from Jerusalem to Jericho and was basically fell among robbers, stripped him, beat him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now we have three people in this story, in this parable, that are all fairly significant in their own way. We have a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. Now for those of you who know a little bit about the history of both the Old Testament and the New Testament, you would know that of all three, two of them would have been highly regarded by those who are listening to this story. The priest and the Levite. The priest, of course, the offer of sacrifices in the temple. And ironically here, these, this mention of Jerusalem and Jericho are not coincidental or not accidental. They are purposeful. Why? For a very simple reason that what to answer a question that everybody would have known, though not presented in this gospel, what would the priest and the Levite have been doing in Jerusalem? Jerusalem is the place of prayer. It's where the temple is. So in other words, the priest and the Levite had just come from either a day or perhaps, if it was a festivity, a week of prayer. In other words, you would expect that these were two of the holiest men available or around at that time. But guess what? St. Luke wants to have some fun and Jesus wants to have some fun and we're going to be, we have to prepare ourselves for some divine reversals here. The third is a Samaritan. 
who was the Samaritan. The Samaritan was the only one of the three who did not worship in Jerusalem. Samaritans and Jews did not mix. Samaritans worshipped in Mount Gerizim. Samaritans were considered outsiders. Samaritans were considered heretics. Samaritans were looked down upon. They only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. So therefore, the Samaritan, what was the Samaritan doing in Jerusalem? Most likely he was probably a businessman, maybe buying and selling something. We know he wasn't poor because he had a donkey and he had enough money to, to pay for the inn. Therefore, right at the front uh, at, this, at this parable, just listening to these three names, we expect that the priest and the Levite who had just come from Jerusalem to be the ones who were elevated and the Samaritan to be the outsider to do something that uh, would deserve his being, him being outcast of society. However, that is not what happens. The reversal takes place where the Samaritan, who is the outsider, who was not praying, who maybe had a lot of coins in his pocket, did a good, some good business transactions while he was on the way, he was the one elevated. That's a bit strange. It kind of changes our perspectives on things where we think that the priests and the Levites are the, the exalted ones and the people who are working in the world are not. Right at that level, it's good to stop as well. Sometimes people think that the fact that you've come to church on Sunday and now you're on your way, that's good enough. In fact, it's not. It's only the beginning. And ask yourself this question as you're leaving. As you are leaving this house of prayer, this house of worship, as you're leaving, after having received communion, are you able to notice the things and the people around you? Are you more like the priest and the Levite who turn a blind eye to those in need? Or are you more like the Samaritan who perhaps somebody is passing by and had not come from prayer and notices what you did not notice and what we all did not notice? That's the first reversal. The second reversal is that the priest and the Levite were not um, dumb people. They were very smart. They noticed things. The priest said, the priest saw him. As he was going by the road, he saw him, but he did something else. The Levite came to the place, also saw him, and also passed by on the other side. So it wasn't that they weren't smart. They didn't notice. They were smart. They did notice, but they chose to do something contrary to what, is, what needs to get done. The Samaritan is the one now who is elevated, and this section of this gospel shows us why. He saw him just like all three did. And this is why it's so important to dig deep in the Bible and to see these parallels, to see these patterns that develop, because all three of them saw. If one did not see, they would be in a completely different category. And also for us, if we happen to not see, we would be into a, in a different category. But we often see. We often see and go in a different direction. The Samaritan, why is he elevated in this story? Why is, this, why is he on the top of this reversal? Because when he saw him, he had compassion. He suffered, the word compassion is a beautiful one, and it means to suffer with. He suffered with the one who was suffering. Maybe his wife was waiting for him at home. Maybe his family was, was waiting for him at home. He suffered his time. In other words, he set aside time from his busy schedule to stop 
And if you notice the details of this, of this gospel, it tells us that not only did the Samaritan stop, pick up the, the man who was beaten left half dead, he put him on his donkey, he took him to the inn, and he stayed with him at the inn all night. Stand all night with him to make sure that he was safe. And then, after disrupting his schedule, after missing his dinner, after missing whatever appointment he had, um, he realized that he needs to be on his way, but he still remembered the needs of the man who was left, um, left there at the inn. And so he promises the innkeeper, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will pay you when I come back. This is an outstanding reversal because the priest and the Levite saw, but they turned away. And when the priest and the Levite saw the Samaritan, they looked down upon the Samaritan. Whereas the Samaritan went about doing his day-to-day -day business. At the end of the story, Jesus teaches us that regardless of your position in life, regardless of how old or how young you are, you have a role. We all have a role to look, to see, and to have compassion on each other. A very beautiful way of summarizing this um, reversal is actually with an ident with a with a with a simple phrase. What will happen to me if I stop? What is the reversal of that statement? What will happen to me if I stop? Actually, the reverse side of that statement is the exact same words, but looked at in a different way. The priest and the Levite said, "What will happen to me if I stop?" According to the Jewish traditions, if you stop and touch a dead man, you are unclean. Therefore, I have just spent a day or a week praying and now have become pure and clean. But if I stop, I will be impure. I will be not clean. The Samaritan asked the exact same question, but from a completely different angle. He said, what will happen to me if I stop? If I stop, I will give up my time. If I stop, I will be more of what I need to be. In other words, he didn't focus on him losing his time or his wealth. He, stopped, he focused on him becoming more of who he needs to be. What will happen to me if I stop is I will become a man who demonstrates compassion in a very practical way. The others thought, what will happen to me? I will become impure. In fact, Samaritan shows that by stopping, he was becoming pure in the eyes of God. What will happen to me if I stop? There are similar stories that, um, to this in a daily life. In fact, this parable of the Samaritan is so um, well known. There are even laws in society called Samaritan laws. And we have many examples of people who extend compassion to each other. There's a wonderful Japanese story of a man who lived on top of a hill. And he saw a tsunami coming and he saw all his friends in the entire village below. And he's tried to wave to them and tell them to move before they get um, drenched and, 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 uh, and die in the tsunami. He did everything he could, but he couldn't do anything. They couldn't hear him. 
And so what he decided to do was to light his own house on fire. He lit his house on fire and then the people who were, who were living and who were at the, uh, at the shore of the, of the ocean saw the, the house on fire. Now some of them said, let us go help this man whose house is now on fire. And those people went up to help the man. While others said, who cares what happens to that man? We are here living comfortably. We are here in our homes. We have dinner on the, on the table. We have our families to be with. And we have this beautiful view. Who cares what happens to this man? That is divine reversal. Is that those who cared, those who showed compassion on the needs of others, are the ones who survived who are considered blessed in the eyes of God. In conclusion, think of this very simple phrase today. What will happen to me if I go to church? I will waste my Sunday morning. I will waste a few episodes on my watch list or um, playlist. There's a lot that you are missing by coming to church on Sunday. But what will happen to me if I come to church? What benefit are you gaining by coming to church? You're spending time in silence. You're unplugging from all the worries of life. You're turning off the TV, the radio, and all the noise around you to give thanks to God. In other words, you are becoming like the Good Samaritan who was attentive saw, stopped, and grew. This is what happens to us when we stop. Conversely, what happens to us when we don't stop, we continue in the rut of life that gets us deeper and deeper into anxiety and worry. The story of the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, is not just a story of a good man and two not so good people, but at the end of the day, all parables are about us. There are about different times in our life where at times we are very compassionate, whereas other times we see and we walk away. The message of Jesus here to the lawyer is the same message of, that Jesus has to us. But he only, we, this message can only be powerful in our life once we look at the details of this gospel and make the same answer, have the same answer that the lawyer had. The one who had mercy on him, that is the one that is to be emulated and imitated. And Jesus said to the lawyer, and Jesus says to us, go and do likewise. Because otherwise, something different will happen to us, and living our faith, something beautiful happens to us and it starts here in church, it starts when we pray and it continues to every single moment of our day and for the rest of our week.